a couple of announcements for this morning. We uh, have a potluck scheduled for uh, June 5th, uh, uh, Sunday after church. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind and uh, just uh, bringing uh, whatever you feel like bringing, but the potluck. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to starting to get back together and get back into some routines of fellowship again. Um, we also have a offering box, okay? It's going to be probably mounted on that wall right to the corner right over there uh, so that nobody bumps into it, but uh, this this will be, uh, we won't be passing the offering plate, we'll just, you know, opportunity to give the offering will be over there. And it's up here for today. And... Uh, Okay, uh, we do have a site online through our website uh, that you can give there. Um, some in uh, prayers, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for praying for me. I'm much, much better and uh, feeling uh, well, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we have some prayer requests. Oh, another praise the Lord as well. Uh, Kay Morris. Uh, would like to let everybody know that she has 100% vision without glasses uh, after her last surgery. So, uh, it's uh, the doctor is amazed and so is she and she's thrilled. <laughs> so, uh, just uh, praise the Lord there. Um, Lee Pollard uh, had a, a fall and shattered her femur. And uh, so, they're going to have to put a surgically put a plate in and piece the bones together, and hopefully uh, it will heal. And uh, so there's a lot of question marks about that now. She's up at St. Joe's, and uh, she's just asking for prayer. And I said, absolutely, no problem. So uh, keep her in prayer. And then uh, the Johnson family, uh, the loss of Karen, and uh, just continue to pray for uh, Ralph and, and Jacob and the family. Um. I think that's all I have on my list. Is there something I need to add to that this morning? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to gather together and to bring our, our needs to You, the needs of our congregation, asking for Your mercy and Your grace, Lord. And we ask, uh, Lord, that You would bring Your peace over the Johnson family, be with Ralph and Jacob and and, and the rest of the family and, and just touch them, minister to them. Uh, and, and we celebrate, though, that we know that we know Karen's faith has landed her in your, in, in, in your kingdom and, and face to face with you. And uh, we thank you that we have that confidence. But we miss her. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with all who are, are uh, grieving and, and just comfort them as only you can. Lord, we thank You for good news for Kay and ask, Lord, that You would uh, just uh, cause her to be careful as she gets so excited uh, and, and going and, and, and all. And, and, Lord, just be with her and, and keep her safe. But, Lord, just thank You so much for the, the successful surgeries on her eyes. Lord, we pray for Lee. We ask, Lord, that You would uh, be with her uh, give the doctors wisdom as to how to put her 
leg back together, that it will heal and that she'll be able to, to walk easily again after it all heals. We don't hesitate to pray for the miraculous, that You would bring strength and healing to her body. And uh, we just thank You that we can come to You with uh, confidence that you, that you are already involved in what's going on uh, with her body and, and with the, this uh, shattered femur, Lord. Father, we pray for uh, Ted Silva and his sister Janet who are stuck in, in the Azores uh, because Ted tested positive for COVID. And while he's had an extremely mild case of it, uh, he's still quarantined. And so, uh, Lord, we ask that You would uh, be with him through this quarantine and that his next test would be negative and he could be on his way home. Uh, I don't think he expected to have an extra days of vacation quarantined in, in, in the Azores. So, Lord, just be with him and Janet and, and comfort them, Lord. Be with them. Father, we also ask that You would be with us as we open Your Word. That Your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our minds to worship You together in Your Word. And, and just thank You so much that we have Your Word to, to read and Your Holy Spirit to open it up for us. We worship You and we praise You and we thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are still, uh, and will be for a while, going through uh, Romans chapter 12, looking at verses specifically focused on verses 9 through 21 as the marks of the Christian and and how we are to respond to a Christ and, and what He's done for us, how we are to live our lives. And uh, in order to, to do it, and some, I was afraid that somebody's going to get tired of hearing the first two verses of chapter 12, and then I said, wait a minute, it's God's Word. Uh, we shouldn't get tired of hearing it at all. So, uh, chapter 12, I, the reason why I read the first two verses is it's all intertwined and connected together. So, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Down to verse 9. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. In today's focus, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. This idea of of spiritual worship and living sacrifice are extremely important in our walk with the Lord. I've been reading in conjunction with this a, a book by A.W. Tozer on worship. And uh, he talks about this need to, to be focused and, and, and direct and, and, and intense and, uh, in, our, in our worship. And uh, he, was, he was quoting out of... Uh, the uh, John Wesley's hymn book, uh, the seven.
things, seven things you need to be doing when you're, you're uh, singing hymns together. And one of them is to sing loud. Not outrageously loud, but you know, to stay in balance and in harmony as much as possible. But to, to be full, full volume in your singing and your worship and your praise. And uh, that's the idea here is that we need to be fervent and, and full in our praise. So let's look at this closely as we do this. If we're presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, then these are some of the things that need to be happening in our lives. And here it is, do not be slothful in zeal. Slothful. It's not a, 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 a word you like to talk about. And it's not a, it's not a word that, that most of us would ever apply to ourselves. And normally we would, we would be very careful not to apply it to anybody else either because it has so many implications. But the idea of slothful here is sluggish. Um, lazy. And you might say, well, you know, I, I showed up to church. I'm singing. I'm not, I'm not being lazy. I'm here, you know. But this idea is you have to put it in the contrast that, it is, that, that Paul has put it in here. Don't be slothful. And, and, and then he, he clearly says, be fervent in spirit. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. The idea of zeal is passion. Don't, don't be lazy you know, in, in your passion. Instead, be fervent in spirit from your soul, from the depths of who you are. Be fervent, excited with the opportunity to, to say something to God in, in the sense of bringing glory and honor to His name by singing and worship and praising Him. Don't be slothful. Be fervent. Uh, I was thinking as I read through this, there's a church that, that's mentioned in Revelation, in chapter 3, Laodicea. And as I said chapter 3, I saw a number of people nodding their head. Yeah, we know about that church. It's uh, the one that was being accused of being lukewarm. There's an application to that here to say, in other words, let's not be lukewarm with our, with our worship, but be fervent, be uh, excited. Uh, this idea of, of, of fervent is, is, is an interesting word in and of itself. It means boiling. As water comes to a boil and it starts to, to bubble and then overflows the, the, the pan if you don't turn it off fast enough. <laughs> but uh, the idea is, is that. You know, be ex this explosive feeling. Um, and uh, on fire is another picture of this word. Uh, something that's been in the, in the uh, kiln for a while and it's gotten hot, metal, you know, red hot. And you pull it out and it's red hot iron. That's that this word has something, some of that attached to it as well. So this idea of being fervent is to be on fire, boiling over for God. So obviously this idea of the opposite of the Laodicean church. Don't be lukewarm, be on fire. Well, why? Why is this the way God wants us to be? 
why is Paul bringing this to us? And I, all I could think of was to, was an, probably a, a rather unusual way for me to approach something, but just to look at a number of verses uh, here in the book of Romans. Uh, well, up through, well, chapters 1 through, through 11 is what 12 is talking about. In other words, you notice how in, 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 in uh, the beginning it says, I appeal to you, therefore. Okay, you could, you could rearrange that and, and say, therefore I appeal to you. Therefore, what is therefore? For the last 11 chapters of what I've been sharing with you about what Christ is and what He's done and, and, and what God has spared you from and how He's come along so that at a point where you say, wretched man that I am, what am I going to do? Oh, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so we see this, this picture uh, all through the book of Romans, uh, through all the first 11 chapters of all that God has done. And I just picked out a few quick, you know, went through and just nailed a few verses. Uh, in chapter 1, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Uh, in chapter 5, we are justified. We are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have chapter 6 talking about baptism, how we've been buried with Christ, raised with Christ to walk in a newness of life. Uh, and, and so this, this powerful pictures that He has given us of what God has done. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Uh, the uh, No condemnation, chapter 8. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, the same chapter talks about the spirit of adoption. We're called the children of God. We're heirs of God. Uh, we're fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. Uh, at the end of chapter 8, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, the very end of chapter uh, 8, 38 through 39, it says, Nothing separates us from the love of God. And it goes on to talk about that. Nothing created separates us from the love of God. So what's our response to that? Chapter 10 says, well, confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ and, and you will be what? Saved. With all our heart we believe and are justified with the mouth and we are saved. So with all of that in our thoughts, we have this, this picture of, of, of being uh called to, to, to be in fervent worship. Look at what He has done. Therefore, be in a, 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 a relationship of worship. And you notice that He says spiritual worship here. Our, your spiritual worship in, in chapter uh, 12, verse, two, uh, verse 1, the end of it. Spiritual worship is the idea of being in relationship with God in the sense that the Holy Spirit, your Spirit, God, is all together involved. We're not, we're not just going through the motions. This is an intimate thing. And it should always be that way. Personal. Look at what God has done for me. And then collectively, look what God has done for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, Paul is just finishing up there and 
uh, writing to them, and, and he says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So we're to be immovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Steadfast. Uh, it's quite a picture there of, of standing firm. And, and this fervent zeal that we are to have is directed towards something very specific. Look again in chapter 12 at the uh, verse 11. Uh, excuse me, 11. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. That is the focus of this. Why are we to be fervent in spirit? We are to do it with the idea of wanting to serve the Lord. And I read a number of, of articles uh, different, uh, from different uh, commentators on this. Uh, this idea of serving the Lord, putting Him first in all things. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it unto the Lord. Colossians chapter 3. And, and so, this idea of serve the Lord. But the word serve here is the word doulos. I'm not a Greek scholar. Don't you know, look it up. Check me out. Be sure. But it's the word for slave. And it's not a just, you know, it's a bond slave. Someone who has given himself over, sold and, and, and into servitude. Okay? And he's there for life. He is there for life. And, and so, we are a slave. And by the way, I saw one person put it, not, uh, we're not volunteers. We are slaves. When we serve the Lord, we are not volunteering, oh, well, I'll do that or I'll do that. We're agreeing to be as a servant, as a slave, to do whatever God brings to us to do. Rather than being selective and say, well, I, that's, I don't do that. You know, I do this. You know. No, it's not our option. And sometimes God's going to take us way out of our comfort zone in serving Him. It's made very clear in Scripture that we are either going to serve the Lord or we're going to serve Satan. I hate it when it makes it so absolutely black and white. Can't I just serve something in the gray area, please? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one or the other. If you're not serving the Lord, then you're, you're serving the world, which is Satan's domain. Romans chapter 16 has a, a verse, uh, well, a couple of verses, verses 17 and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. This word appetites, normally you'd think appetite food. But it, this idea of appetites is, is far-reaching. Um, 
there's a, a song that came out in, in the late 70s uh, called, You Gotta Serve Somebody. Now, some of you are going to say that's a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, it is, but he was going through a spiritual moment. And sometimes God can use the most interesting things to get a, a hold of a thought. And this song was one that I, I recalled and I looked it up and it's just, uh, you know, here's how he, he put it. You know, you might be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And you start to look at this. What, what are the appetites that, that, that we serve outside of the Lord? And he goes through a number of them. Uh, addicted, uh, you know, you might be rock and roll addicted, prancing on the stage. You might command women in a cage. You might be businessman or someone, high degree thief. They may call you a doctor. They may call you a chief. But you've got to serve somebody. Uh, and so this, this idea of, of appetite is anything of the world that we put ahead of God, that's where our appetite is. We, and we, we have a natural inclination because of the fallen flesh to want to serve that appetite. And Paul's saying we've got to come against that. In order to serve the Lord, we have to come against that. And so... We need to ask God, and it's not something we're going to do on our own. We need to ask God to, to make us fervent in our worship, to make us uh, ex uh, excited about the opportunity to serve Him. And just uh, put, I put here, Bob, what are you most hungry for? And that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. What are we most hungry for? We should be most hungry for Glorifying the Lord in all that we do. And I confess that doesn't cross my mind every time I do something uh, through the day. And yet, if it's all that I do, as he wrote it to the Colossians in chapter 3, then it's supposed to be that way. I'm supposed to apply it to everything. And by doing that, by the way, you'll find some things that you'll Say, oh, that didn't glorify, that doesn't glorify the Lord, or that doesn't please the Lord, and you'll find yourself having to change the way you do things. Oh, by the way, isn't that what he said? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. That's what this is all about: being transformed. There's a the a habit I put it off to the side of where I said not volunteers. Uh, and, and I, I recalled instantly when I wrote that down of a cartoon in a pastor's magazine of the, 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 the pastor standing in the pulpit saying, we need some volunteers for the nurse. And he didn't even get the word out and people were diving under the pews. You know, yeah, uh, that's kids, not my ministry. Uh, but there's a tendency for us to say, and sometimes as we get older, I, well, I, I recall when, when Kathy and I first came to the Lord and, and the church we went to, man, I was, I was excited. 
this was something that was all new to me. I'm an adult person. I've got a, a, a child. Uh, it's, it's, everything is, is fresh and new. And uh, I, I got baptized, and I didn't understand all that was going to happen. I read a book that was given to me by a, a, a friend who owned a Christian bookstore. Uh, I'd, I'd done all their uh, uh, fixtures. When they opened up, their bookshelves and all that kind of stuff I'd made. And, and, and so instead of, I was curious about the Lord. I hadn't given my life to Christ yet. And so instead of taking my profit part out, they paid for the materials, but I took my profit in books. And I let them recommend the books. And so there was a book about baptism of the Spirit. And I didn't realize that they were Pentecostal. And I didn't understand what that was anyway. And I, so I expected fully to come up out of the water praising God and speaking in tongues and a lot of other things. Now, that's not me. That doesn't mean that doesn't happen. I'm just saying that's not me. And God didn't do it that way with me. But the thing was, I, I was enthusiastic. And we had people I could either sometimes overhear or sometimes they were directly to me. He'll calm down. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll get balance out and he'll get even. And I was thinking, why would you want it to calm down? And because it didn't, they shipped me off to Bible college. You know? Um, they figured this is, you know, he's not going to calm down. We'll send him there. And uh, so, you know, there is a tendency, though, at some point in our age, serving the Lord has no age limit. Our functions may change. The things we do to serve the Lord may change. I think of a gal that uh, used to uh, have a prayer ministry. She lived in the Christian retirement home in, in Tascadero, California. I'd go to take communion to her. And, and she has this roll, uh, roll of paper. You know how they used to have the honeydew list uh, with a roll of, of, a broad roll of, of uh, uh, paper going through it. And, and, and there was a little window on it. This was the thing that needed to be done. But there was a whole bunch of other things on the list. And, and, Instead of that to-do list, it was her prayer list. And whatever was in that window, as she rolled it down, names that she had on her prayer list, that's who she was praying for. And that was her ministry. She couldn't get up. She couldn't walk. Uh, she had to save what energy she had to get to, to, get to the meals or she, they'd have to put her in a different kind of rest home. And so she was very careful how she used up her energy. But she hadn't quit ministering. She was still serving the Lord. And I'll tell you, one thing was an absolute blessing. One time came in and I found that Kathy's and my name were on her list. There was in the window. She didn't know I was coming that day. And so it wasn't planned. And I thought, wow, she's prayed for me. <laughs> and, I, and I still get goosebumps thinking about that. And so our ministry may change, but we are never done serving. So there's a tendency to say, ah, I've done my service. It's somebody else's turn. But that's not the way it works. We are to be a servant. And it's a lifetime commitment. Our service might, might be simply to be in a praying because that's all we have left in, in strength and energy to do. I think of a, of a gal... This idea of, of, you know, children's ministry is one of those things where, you know, 
You go in, you've done your duty for a while, and now it's somebody else's turn. That's, that's an easy one to, to use as a picture. Okay? And all I can do is, is tell you, I never understood it to be that way because of one particular lady, Martha McCaleb. Uh, Martha was in the children's ministry. She had been there literally all her life. She was now in her older years when I met her. But she was still doing little kids. And they loved her. And she, boy, she, she had control of the classroom and she could teach them the things of the Bible. She was an amazing Bible teacher. And when her husband passed away, she was praying, asking the Lord what she could do to, in her ministry. And the doors were open to go to the Navajo Christian ministry in Arizona and teach children. And that's what she did in her 70s. We don't, we don't quit. We look for opportunities. This idea of, of worshiping God, giving ourselves as a living sacrifice, having this fervent heart and passion for ministry to serve the Lord means that we are wanting to serve in any way He can that, that He opens up to us. And He is cognizant of our needs and, and, and what we have as resources. And what resources we don't have, if He calls us to a ministry and we don't have all the resources for it, guess what? He provides. It may not be as much or in the way you thought it would happen, but He gets it to the point where you have what you need to do what He's called you to do. There was another phrase that was used uh, uh, by John Piper. He talked about acting like a servant versus being a servant. Acting like a servant is the volunteer who says, oh, I'll do this and do that. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I've done my duty. Being a servant is, here I am, Lord. By the way, Martha, McCaleb, you might say, well, did she ever take a break? Yeah, she took a break. Get refreshed, re-energized, and then she returned to it and back at it again. Another phrase that came out of something that I read from John Piper was the ministry of the towel. Now, some people might think about what's the ministry of the towel? All I can do is take you to the, the Last Supper and Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. He wrapped Himself with the towel, which was the thing a servant would do. And He went and washed the feet of the disciples. That's the lowest thing on the totem pole just about. And Jesus was showing them You've got to be willing to go this far. Whatever it takes. Again, I wrote here on my, my notes. Why? <laughs> Again, one more time. Why? Let me read to you from Colossians chapter 1. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn of all creation. For by Him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. Science still hasn't figured out what holds us together. What holds this... I've shared this many times, but it just amazes me that there is movement in this wood. There are electrons spinning and protons and all those kinds of things, and I can't begin to understand it. But that's what... I've seen the pictures of how it works, and I've read the books about how it works, and I'm amazed because I work with, with, with wood for most of my life. And there is some wood... When it's going through, I'm thinking of ash in specifically, one of the hardest woods there is, as it's going through a brand new saw blade and it's smoking because it's so hard. And I'm thinking, there's stuff moving around in there. It's not, it's, it's solid to my touch, but it's, 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 and they don't know what keeps it. It's the dynamics of, of, of it is that it should be going apart. And yet it's held together. And I believe it's through the Word of God. I believe it's through Christ alone. He is the authority and He says it will stay together as long as I want it to. He is before all things he is, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him the fullness of God has pleased to dwell. Through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. He is worthy. He alone is worthy. We sang that this morning. He is the, the, the one of, uh, that is worthy of our worship. He is the one we present ourselves to as a living sacrifice. He is the one that we, we say, Lord, cause us to be fervent. Cause us to be passionate. Cause us to desire to serve You on Your terms. And ask That He would use us. And maybe use John Piper's phrase one more time. Join the ministry of the towel. Becoming servants to all. And by the way, we don't serve it with the intent of getting anything back. Because we've already got it. We already have eternal life. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it in response. Not to get, but to Say thank you, God. I just read verses 21 through 22 in Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read them one more time because I think they're perfect for preparing our hearts for communion. And you, who once were alienated, alienated means not a part of, we couldn't approach the throne of God, and hostile, in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. What an awesome God we have. And what an awesome opportunity to think in terms of how we serve. I think of... of all of the moms and, and the raising of children and all that they do. And I'm thinking, that's all part of the application. 
of what God does to all of us. I'd ask that uh, the worship team come back and while we're singing, uh, we can, we'll share in communion. Again, we're still not passing the, the, the communion. And so uh, you can come up and, and get your communion while we're singing the song. There's two, two parts to it. There's either the double cup uh, with the juice and the, and the bread each in a cup or the packet, whichever you prefer to do. And while we're singing, if you would come up, please. Nature were mine with all the world. If I had everything the world has and offered it, it would be insufficient to do what Christ has done for us. And so we celebrate 
and rejoice in all that God has done for us. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it. And He said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Same meal, it says, in the same way, he also he took the cup after supper, the cup of blessing. And he said, This is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Lord Jesus is coming again. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to gather. We ask, Lord, that You would cause Your Word to work in us to be the people that You want us to be. And Father, we ask, Lord, that You would uh, go with us today. Again, we thank You for the opportunity to to say thank you to all our moms and, 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 and just uh, give you thanks, Lord, for the mothers that we've had. And thank you. And as we leave, we ask that you would go with us. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, pleasing to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing.